in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. At 106 on a sunny, look at that, sky, my goodness, folks. Spring certainly has popped. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This is, um, well, right now, I mean, I know the sun is a little bit in and out with some of the clouds, but I just heard the forecast. I mean, this is actually, to me, this is ideal weather where it's right around, depending on where you are, 73, 74 degrees, so comfortable. Uh, Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show and the weather over the next few days. Boy, it's always nice when we finally get into the 70s. This portion of the John DePietro Show, today, right now, be a good time to go sit outside at the uh, at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, uh, right off of Route 146. It's the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Delicious food. They have the big new outside deck. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro Show. I want to play... Um, I think this is there's some significant news and stories on this Friday afternoon. But one of them is I want to hear a little bit of this um, Matt Brown. He's the far left progressive. And he, in fact, was a guest on Newsmakers with Tim White and Ted Nisi. And I want to play some of it simply because... Um, there, he's alleging now, he's alleging that Governor McKee may not run for governor. So that certainly has everybody buzzing, as you can imagine, on this Friday afternoon, that Governor McKee is not engaged. By the way, Matt Brown is not wrong with a lot of his assertions, and it, it kind of matches a narrative that we have been hearing uh, for some time now, that Governor McKee, who has stopped doing uh, regular media segments and things like that, and first he canceled and wasn't going to go, and then he did go to that candidates forum last week. But th- there have been other people. You know, Mike Bloomberg went on the stage and he didn't run. And I also want to point to in 2010, um, in 2010, you had Attorney General Patrick Lynch. He was part of the debate stage of the PPAC, and then he didn't run for governor. That was, uh, he, he did not fully go through with it. So I want to play, um, let's hear whether or not he isn't, um, these comments that were made on newspapers and what that would do to the race. So here we go. So this is how it starts. And you're going to hear I don't want to hear this part so much. Matt Brown, he is the one. He was Secretary of State. I remember the special. He won the um, he won Secretary of State. Ed Inman was appointed after Jim Langevin went to Congress. And so Jim Langevin was the Secretary of State. Then Matt Brown won that seat. And then he he took out the person that was tapped to fill it, which was Ed Inman, who was a stooge and not a very good candidate. And then he, you know, this guy, he shoots eye. He tried to run. 
He ran against Sheldon Whitehouse in 2006, didn't make it to the finish line in the primary. And then he ran against Raimondo in 2018. So he knows his way around a campaign. I'll give him that. Um, so I want you to listen a little bit and see how they address it. hit up a lot of those policy issues uh, throughout this half hour. But I do want to ask you this. You're one of the founders of the Rhode Island Political Cooperative, which is a progressive yeah, political this is organization. A group that, among other things, seeks to promote candidates of color. Why is a, a wealthy white male the right choice for the co-op to be top of the ticket? Well, I founded uh, the Rhode Island Political Cooperative and co-chair it with two great Rhode Island leaders, uh, Senator Janine Culkin and Jennifer Rourke. And our mission is to uh, win a governing majority for this state, a multiracial governing majority. We have a terrific group of candidates. We, in 2020, won 10 races. Uh, and in doing so, made the Rhode Island legislature more racially diverse than it's ever been. And that's really important to us, and we're going to keep doing that. And so that's that's the kind of change we need to bring to the state. And things are not going to change until we get new people but, up But there. you really wouldn't be changed. That's my point. My question is, you're you're running for governor, white guy, wealthy white guy. This is a, a the co-op is seeking, as you say, to diversify, to make change. Are you really changed? Well, I'm not running just to win the governor's seat. We're running to win a whole new government and to do it as part of a group. And, you know, part of the reason is I think part of the problem with politics as it has been practiced is that it is a do-it-yourself, do-it-alone, ego-driven process for a lot of people. And that's the opposite of what we're doing. We're doing this as a coalition, as a cooperative, as a community of people running together on a shared platform to bring real change to the state. If your campaign's known for one thing, and you already ticked off some of its expansive policy ideas, a fast switch to renewable energy, lots of new housing construction, Medicare for all, I have to ask, if your entire platform was was put into a budget in year one, what is the gross cost, do you estimate, of, of doing all the things that you say you want to do if you're elected? Well, these are things we need to do. I mean, just to be clear, the way that our government has prioritized the budget for decades is to take money from the people and funnel it to large corporations. Often those corporations, executives or donors to those politicians in their campaigns and to give massive tax breaks to the one percent. These are the choices that they've made. That tax cut that the people in power gave 15 years ago to the 1%, just the richest people in this state, cost the state a billion dollars. While they left our schools crumbling, our kids, thousands of kids without a good education, people struggling to afford housing, some people slipping through the cracks and living on the streets. So it's about priorities. And, and I believe, and, and, and the terrific group of candidates I'm running with believe, we need to change our priorities. We need to stop giving tax breaks to the richest 1% and stop giving corporate giveaways uh, to large corporations. We need to invest in good schools. We need to invest in bringing down the costs of housing. We need to raise people's wages. We need to make it possible for people to just do what they most want to do, which is to provide for their but, families. But that's my question. Invest. How much? How much, you know, pencil it out. How much would these plans cost? Just to, you know, because if you want people to think of them question. as rea a real thing that might happen, yep. one of those is what, how much would that be? And then what would we need to find to cover it? So give you an example. So housing. So as you know, we have a housing crisis in this state. A lot of people can't afford He's their housing. Part of the reason we have a housing crisis in this state is that we don't have enough affordable homes for people. So we have a plan that we put out and that we will put in place when we're governing, governing to build 10,000 truly affordable homes and make sure that those homes are green. And we're going to pay for that by using some of the so-called ARPA, COVID emergency relief funds, uh, 
increasing taxes on the wealthy. Uh, so, there, you know, the, the funding is there. I mean, the funding, as you know, we've been talking about this for a year. The funding is there uh, in large part this year from the federal government, which sent $1.1 billion to this state over a year ago. And Dan McKee has failed to move it out. It took him almost a year to get any of it out. And now he's only spent 10 percent of it. You know, states on average across the country have spent two thirds of that funding meeting the urgent needs of the people in their in, in their state. So, so, so the funding is there. It's a question of priorities. It's a question of competence. And it's a question about caring about the, the needs of people. Do you, do you have the cost estimate for the 10,000? You said the funding's there, but how much of the funding would go to the, to, would it take to do the 10,000 homes? Yeah, we do. And, and we can, you know, we're going to lay all that out. Um, we actually put, put, you know, put those out a few months back. Um, but, you know, a lot of that is in the ARPA funding. And a lot of the ARPA funding is... Uh, dedicated and can be dedicated to housing. It, McKee is hoping they'll use all the ARPA funding up in the budget uh, next month. If there's none left, does that mean your plans aren't going to be able to be funded because it'll be gone when you get into office in January if they've already appropriated all in this budget? Well, as I've said, Ted, you know, the funding is there for, for doing these things. It's that we've given it to the wrong places. So, for example, uh, the Superman building. Uh, you know, the state is funneling millions of dollars to a corporate developer to build largely luxury apartments instead of investing in truly affordable homes. So these are choices that the people in power make over and over in favor of the very rich and large corporations instead of the people this day. Okay, so what, what would Governor Brown do with, with the Superman building? You obviously don't like the plan. So what would you do with it? Would it just remain empty under your administration? Well, we could do actually actual affordable homes, and the state could invest in that instead of giving a handout to a corporate developer who's going to profit off of public funds. So make actual affordable homes. You mean in the Superman building, my question is, what would you do with the Superman yeah, you building? Could, sure, you could make affordable apartment units. But, but, let's, but these are not affordable for Rhode Islanders. And, you know, it's not just about the you know buying homes it's also about renting homes you know you know the rents went up 24 percent during the pandemic so part of what we're calling for is a cap an annual cap on rent increases of four percent so people stop getting pushed out of um the ability to afford their apartment well, let, me you, let me ask you about that if i could uh, matt uh, you just four percent cap we are seeing property taxes in providence go up um Pretty high. Our, our colleague Steph Machado has done a lot of reporting on that. What do you say to local landlords who have to off offset these skyrocketing property taxes um, when you want to cap the ability to raise rent at four percent? What well, do they do? Well, we have to do both. I mean, the underlying problem with the with the uh, affordable housing crisis in this state is that we don't have enough affordable homes. We, we just don't have the inventory, and that's what has driven that's what has driven the prices up. So we we are uh, going to do both. We're going to build ten thousand affordable homes, and we're going to cap rent increases. We can't just do one or the other. Yeah, we but, do both. But, but what about my question about taxes? Taxes are going up. Uh, there are landlords that you know a lot of the reasons that rent that rents go up is because they have to offset the increase in, in, in property taxes. Yeah, and what I'm saying is that what is driving the prices of housing up, which is also related to driving up the taxes, is that we don't have enough affordable homes. And we've got to build those, and the state has to invest in those. And we can't do it, you know, uh, a couple of hundred here and a couple of hundred there. We need to do 10,000 and really break the back of the affordable housing crisis in this state. I want to go back to the Superman building, so I'm curious if we were to do 
you know, right now it is a privately owned building. Um, to, to do a, a one with more affordable units, as you suggested, do you think the state or city should take it by eminent domain and make it a fully state-owned building? Do you, would oh. you still work with this developer, um, you know, and, and try to do it as a public-private partnership? You know, I'm trying to think of how you would, uh, with such a different approach, how you would concretely execute it. I mean, we, we could consider all of those mechanisms. What we can't do is continue to take... Uh, the people's money and give it to for-profit private developers to build luxury apartments. That's the thing we can't do. We've got to be, we've got to reprioritize and we've got to be focused. He's not on wrong on this. Uh, that many, many people, thousands of not people wrong. across the state can barely afford to put a roof over their heads. And that needs to be the problem we're solving. And we cannot do it by giving money to large corporate developers to profit. We need to do it by focusing on solving this problem. I mean, I've met people who are working people. Um, I've met a teacher uh, with her daughter who was barely getting by and the rent went up and they couldn't afford it and they're living in a car outside oh. in this state. There are a lot of people who don't even show up in the numbers, by the way, uh, who are not showing up in the shelters, who are surf couching or living in their cars, who are unhoused because of the depths of this affordable housing crisis. And Dan McKee has done nothing about it. So we, you know, we... Uh, Cynthia Mendes and a lot of Rhode Islanders and I went out and slept outside the state house for uh, two of us. He wouldn't sleep there at night in the winter because Governor McKee, in spite of having all those the COVID emergency funds, hadn't done anything about the fact that we had hundreds of people living outside in the street going into the freezing now, cold. McKee and his administration would say, you know, they, they, they put more money into the, the shelter funding. They had the motel programs that are now winding down. He has put homelessness, addressing homelessness money into his ARPA plan, which is the legislature's the one that hasn't executed on it yet. They, they would push back that they've done nothing. So they had done nothing for 10 months when mm. the advocates had been telling them all that time, this crisis is coming. We're about to have people freeze to death outside in the state. And it wasn't until no one froze went out. Yeah. protested for weeks on end outside the state house that they finally did something because it became a political problem for them but here we are again those contracts that were established for winter shelter have come up and are coming up and those people are, are being forced out into the streets and again dan mckee has no has no plan for this i i will say about governor mckee doesn't seem very engaged listen to this doesn't seem very focused Whoa. on the issues that people uh -oh. are struggling wait with. a minute you know, we're still six weeks out from the filing date. Yep. I would not be surprised if he does not run again. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what? he doesn't seem engaged. Whoa. I mean, you guys have been doing this a long like, time. Would somebody who's not running again show up at a gubernatorial Maybe. forum that, that well, they canceled on? He almost didn't. Yeah, but, <laughs> right. he, but somebody, he was there. Would somebody running again consider not showing up at a That's right. Forum? Good so point. We'll see, but he does not wow. seem engaged, does not seem focused, does not bring any urgency. I mean, the fact he that we not have, running, uh, folks. You know, that billion dollars of federal funds. Matt Brown. You're Boom. the governor. And the federal government sends you a billion dollars. And you've been part of a conversation in the state that has said for years, we can't do look out for our kids in schools. We can't deal with affordable housing. We can't deal with health care because we don't have enough money. And then you're given a billion dollars and you don't spend it for a year. That seems like somebody not very engaged. Look, we're going to have to go to a break soon. So I want to we'll squeeze in a, another question here. Your campaign websites. Folks, again, that is uh, Matt Brown on, on Channel 12. Now, again, he is far left. Certainly, I am in no way a Brown supporter, but him bringing the boom on Governor McKee cannot be missed. Now, right now, it's 121. It's Friday afternoon. I want to remind you, your best loan ever guaranteed, you know, who can make that happen is Lawn Doctor. 
Don't forget about ticks and mosquitoes. But eight, you want to take advantage of their premium service, premium aid service program, crabgrass control, professional blend of high calcium lime, time release fertilizer. And they come in the summertime. Time release fertilizer, grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall. Folks, Lawn Doctor, it's so easy. I could give you the number, which I will, for Lawn Doctor Rhode Island, 401-392-1025. But what I really want to do is encourage you to visit their website. It's LawnDoctor.com. LawnDoctor.com, your best lawn ever guaranteed from Lawn Doctor. All right, I know it's long, but I'm enjoying I want to play a little bit more. A little bit more. This was Matt Brown on Newsmakers. Who are the corrupt politicians? Name them that you're you're talking about. Well, I mean, Governor McKee is a year into office and already has an FBI investigation. Whoa, corruption! An an investigation is just an investigation. Oh, come on! You well know. You experienced it. 2006 campaign finance issue. SEC came out and said. uh, Excuse me. FEC came out and said. Um, you know, nothing illegal happened there. That you wasn't the, the FBI. Right? But you know what it's like to be at the other end of the oh, sphere. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, but, but, no, no, but look at what he did. Right. Uh, his administration gave a very lucrative contract yep. to a firm with no experience in the field. Yep. With ties to his allies. That's right. I mean, this is the kind of thing we've seen over and over. That's right. And over. And, He's not wrong. Uh, you know, it's the it, it costs the people of this state. I mean, the other important point about this is there is... Um, you know, legal corruption that goes on in this state every day, which is the fact that, you know, again, take Governor McKee. That uh, Superman deal, yep. uh, funneling money, the people's money, to a corporate developer yep. for profit. That's right. For profit developer to build luxury condos. That's the right. Executives of that firm yep. major donors to Governor McKee. Go ahead. So that you know so that That's flow right. corporate money and yep. you know into politics. So you would oppose any thing. economic development projects whatsoever then because you define it as legal corruption. Well we've got to break the ties between oh, come uh, on. corporate money, corporate lobbyists and our governing. That's why right. Senator Mendes and I and all the candidates in the what you could do. political cooperative refuse money from corporate PACs, Boy, corporate lobbyists, and the fossil fuel industry. We've got to break here. that tie. All right, we, we do have to go, go to a break. We're way over to our guest. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was uh, was actually very good of, uh, of Matt Brown. Boy, bring in the Democratic boom, bring in the thunder to McKee. I mean, you guys have been doing this a long time. Wow. You know, I am surprised that they defended him so much. Meaning Tim White and and, uh, Ted Nisi. That was, uh, wow. What point is that? 13? Here we go. No one's convicting him. Boy, I'm shocked that they... Defend him so much. Listen to this, folks. An investigation is just an investigation. You well know. All right, now hold on. Hold on. I'm not sure why Tim White is defending him so much, McKee. An investigation is just the investigation. The fact that they're investigating speaks volumes. So I, I, I'm, I'm with Matt Brown on this. And you've been part of a conversation in the state that has said for years we can't do look out for Listen to this. schools. We can't deal with affordable housing. We can't. Do they it. open the door, money. and then you're given a billion dollars and you don't spend it for a year. Yep. That seems like somebody not very engaged. Look, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to go to a break soon. So I want to squeeze in a, another question here. Your campaign website says, "quote When elected to office, 
uh, they, meaning uh, your candidates from the co-op, will replace the corrupt politicians who control our state government. Who are the corrupt politicians? Name them that you're you're talking about. Governor well, McKee. Governor McKee is a year into office yeah. and already has an FBI investigation. Yeah, but you're convicting him. An, an investigation is just an investigation. Oh, come on. You know. You experienced it. 2006 campaign. He did not have, in defense of Matt Brown, come on, he didn't have an FBI investigation. I'm very surprised that Tim White would defend Governor McKee in that way. All due respect, come on. That's, that boy, I think Channel 12 is very sensitive that McKee accuses them of starting the FBI investigation. Uh, Superman deal. Uh, you know, I can't believe, but I, uh, Matt, Matt Brown is not wrong with this thing. Let me see where this picks up. Was a bill before the legislature in the last session that would have put a moratorium on the expansion of charter schools. It, it failed oh. in the House last time around, but it could be back. If that were to reach your desk, would you sign it? Would you want to yes. cap uh, or stop the expansion of charter no. schools in Rhode Island? No. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Uh, we need to be building a system that serves all the kids in the public schools, all of the public, public schools. Public schools have failed. Um, you know, my my view on what the problem is, you know, the, the public problem schools. here is that. 15 years ago, the people in power gave a tax cut to the richest 1% that cost a billion dollars. Which is, I'm just I mean, glad he's not repeating at, things. At, at the school, you guys have right. the Johns Hopkins reports, the school. I can only re- uh, hear so much. I, I don't know where he's going. Hold on. Let me actually hear this. Um, this is kind uh, of a joke. Lots but of kids aren't getting a good education. Teachers are quitting in droves. You've got. That's not true. St- uh, starting salaries for teachers of $34,000 a year. I mean, what kind of a, what kind of an investment is this that we're making in our children when we're giving a billion dollar tax cut to the richest one percent? What kind of thinking goes Everything into that decision? Everything with him is go after people. It's, in the it's, it's, um, it's wrong. It's immoral. It's also, you know, the, the argument that that is good economics is absolutely upside down. Where, where do your kids go to school? Uh, my daughter goes to Lincoln and my son, who's 14, goes to community prep. So, you know, back to the. Charter school question. Daughter I mean, goes to a private lot of school. Parents in, let's say, Providence who are trying to get out of those schools that you just described, they seek that choice. Why Why can you have that choice? Right. But they're not allowed to. Excellent I think question. The issue is that everybody should be able to get a good school and the, for their kids. And the only way we're going to do that, if we're being realistic, is to make the public schools great. All the public Community schools. Prep. If we sort of do, you know, a, a, a small sliver over here and a small sliver over there we're going to leave out the super, the super majority of kids from getting a good education and so we, we we can't pull out of our public school system we have to invest in it we have to make them great the other Why? thing we need to do failed. is make it a, a right Community for preparatory. A constitutional, right. constitutional right which massachusetts has mm-hmm. and you know it's not a coincidence it was about a couple of decades ago that they established in Massachusetts that the children have a, a right to an equal quality education. We did not. Private schools, school. If you just through 15 minutes across the border, they've got some really, some of the be- better schools in the country, and we don't. So we need to make it a right. We need to raise taxes on the 1% and invest in our schools and raise the salaries for well, our starting teachers. You just keep saying the same thing over and over. Uh, advocacy around nuclear policy over the years. And uh, right now, I'm, I'm reading more and more people suggest that expanding nuclear energy will need to be part of the solution for clean energy to get away from carbon burning fossil fuels we see in some cases where look at look at europe where they shut down 
on a lot of their nuclear plants. Now they're even more dependent on Russia and things like that. As someone who's thought a lot about that, do you agree that nuclear has to be part of the solution to deal with climate change and have enough energy? I mean, I think the focus has got to be on wind and solar. Uh, you know, um, we've got wind and solar everywhere, right, in the, in the country. It's, in other words, it's a local source of energy. In Rhode Island, we've got massive capacity for wind power. I looked at this, you know, carefully. We have enough capacity off the shore of Rhode Island to generate twice the power that we need for the state so we could power and power to others. But the other thing we got to do is not just talk about building out renewable, clean sources of energy. We need to do that. We have a plan to do that. We also need to realize we are in a huge fight with the fossil fuel industry. Uh, we need to shut them down, and that includes in Rhode Island, in, including in places like the Port of Providence, where we have the second largest gas storage facility in the region, liquid gas storage facility in the region. We've got Shell Oil, we've got BP Oil. We've got to shut them down, not only to save the planet, and that seems like how could it be more urgent than that need, but also because those polluting industries on the port are poisoning the families and the kids in that neighborhood, mostly a black and brown neighborhood that have suffered through that. So we need to shut down the fossil fuel industry. We need to build out clean and re uh, renewable energy. Our plan is to do that and make Rhode Island the first state in the country that runs 100% on clean energy and the first state in the country that's net zero emissions. So you didn't, I didn't hear you rule out nuclear power. I just didn't hear you talk much about it in that answer. I mean, is that, can, is that part of the solution, even if historically environmentalists have not love the idea of nuclear power. Uh, you know, as I said, I really think we got to see. We got to get as far as we can with wind and solar, uh, which are good, clean, safe, and and I and I think we can get there. There's a lot of potential for wind power and solar power that's still untapped. And by the way, we've got to do solar without cutting down our forests. That's you know, what is it? Cutting off your arms to spite your nose, to spite your face. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. But you know, we need our forests. Uh, for a lot of reasons, including to fight climate change. So, so we got to do a solar rooftop. Let's move on here. Uh, over the last couple of years, there's been a, uh, a lot of controversy around the defund the police movement and questions about what that means and how it's defined, often a rallying cry of progressives. Do you support defunding the police? No, our plan is actually the most comprehensive plan to fundamentally change the criminal justice system that we have, which is broken, which is not making people safe. That includes ending cash bail. It includes banning for-profit prisons. We have a for-profit prison in the state. Nobody should, prof yeah, nobody should profit off of imprisoning other right. people. Um, uh, when we legalize cannabis, we need to have automatic expungement oh of records. God. We need to invest in mental health. We need to... Uh, invest in drug treatment centers. So the fact of the matter is a lot of his members have supported. And again, folks, there's only so much I can listen to. A lot of his members have supported defunding the police. Let me let me just see if there's anything last here. He supports abolishing defending the defunding the police. So it is fair and just and, and keeps our community safe. But it still includes funding law enforcement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I have to admit, I wasn't sure you'd run for governor this year because Nellie Corbeo was running. And she's your former deputy at the Secretary of State's go. office. She was the only prominent Democrat I remember uh, who refused to endorse Gina Raimondo when you primaried Gina Raimondo in 2018. Yep. She'd make history as the first Latina elected governor around. But you are running against her. Did you, did you think twice about it, at least, due to your personal history? Or did that not come up in your mind at all? Well, I'm running for governor like everybody else. And my, my view, I mean, as you, as you know, is that, you know... People who have a vision and who and who want to serve should run. 
And, uh, you know, I've put forward the things that I believe in, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, that we need to pay people a truly a living wage, which is $19 an hour. We need to build 10,000 green, affordable homes. We need to shut down the, the fossil fuel polluting industries. There's, there are a lot of things that I believe we need to do, and I'm not running alone. Is Nelly Gorbea part of the corrupt political establishment, in your view? Good question. Well, look, I, you know, I've been, I've been talking about uh, particularly the problems that Dan McKee is mm -hmm. facing, and Good I think he's got a, a big problem there. Uh, and what I'm talking about is that we are ultimately not going to be able to change things in this state until we not only elect a new governor, but we elect new governing majorities and, and oust the whole crowd that's been up there running things for a long time. So that's what that's what we're fighting for. And again, I'm not doing it she alone. We're doing it him with in an incredible group of candidates. These are nurses, teachers. Has Nellie done a good job as Secretary of State? Uh, you know, Nellie can, can make her case to you guys when she comes in, which I'm sure will be soon. Uh, you talked about uh, $19 an hour as part of your platform Ridiculous. as a minimum wage for Rhode Island. Any concern about at all what that would mean to small businesses? Dr. Monez wants $35. I think, I think it's one of the most important things we can do Ridiculous. for small businesses. I think that the, the, one of the biggest all right, I want to just stop it for a moment. You know, one thing, though, that I like, and again, folks, good afternoon. I just wanted to hear some of that. That is uh, Matt Brown, progressive candidate running for governor. One of the things that I do like that they point out is there are different people that comment and say, Gene is with Nellie. Nellie Gorbea endorsing her friend, Matt Brown, that destroyed her relationship with Raimondo. I want to repeat that. Nellie Gorbea endorsing Matt Brown, the, the Democrat primary for governor in 2018, that destroyed her relationship with Raimondo. And as a result of that, Raimondo froze out Nellie Gorbea. Now, fast forward, Gorbea wants to run, and he in no way thinks twice like, hey, maybe I shouldn't run. Maybe I should support her. So, you know, what's also interesting. It shouldn't be lost. That Notice he has the tie with the Secretary of State's office. They definitely feel they know, I believe, how to manipulate ballots than other people who have not worked or had access to that office. So, but what I really come out is um, him saying that in starting this uh, flurry of activity that Governor McKee may not be seeking re-election. So, I think that, um, oh, let me see this. Uh... Who sent me this? Oh, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo doesn't want to lift tariffs on Canadian lumber. Lumber prices are down about 40%. The Canadians don't play fairly. We're trying to protect American industries. Not on the table to waive these. Well, without question, she... Um hmm. I think... Uh I, I, I'll tell you what he is, this Matt Brown, who I've just been playing. I believe he, he could be mostly just a thorn in the side of Governor McKee. Although, as I mentioned, he was, um, he was really, I thought, like asleep at the switch at that forum last week. Abortion rights rally plan 
Saturday at the National Mall. So that's interesting. I wonder if there'll be anything local. Um, I have not heard about anything on a local basis. Who's having it? The Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was... So they're doing it this Saturday night. Ban off our bodies. Expected Saturday in D.C. Boy, D.C., folks, That the past few years, that has now become... They go right to Washington. Now, I'm sure locally they'll have buses going and the whole thing. Um, again, none of it has been, I don't believe, decided with what's going to happen with the Supreme Court. Let me just double check on that. And again, folks, good afternoon. Um, what did I see? Let's see. Um, the latest on the Supreme Court. Someone had put something out, but I'm not seeing it verified. Okay. I, I'm not convinced. Again, right now, with the shortage of baby formula. I mean, you tell me what's the bigger issue. I'm going to argue that it's parents that can't find baby formula. That's what my guess is. So parents that can't find baby formula and are trying to find baby formula. As much as the White House won't admit that it's a, it's a crisis. I would argue that I think I think that's a major, major issue. All right, I want to pull up. Let me just check our friend John Francis of Competition Shooting Supplies. Um, oh, all right. All right, he's got some things posted. Oh, okay. You know what, let me call John Francis because... He's he's posting things, but he's not putting photos. I think the photos could be perhaps what are causing him some problems. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that that's the one of the issues that he's been running into. So I want to get. Um, Let's see if we can speak with our friend John Francis, folks. Competition, shooting supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. It's Friday afternoon. It's actually a nice Friday afternoon, 140. Folks, there he is joining us right now. And I notice on Facebook he's talking cryptic, but that's not a problem. It's our friend John Francis. Good afternoon, John Francis. Hi, John. How are you? I think you're wise because it could be the photos that then people are flagging uh, whoever, progressives, whoever, and then that causes you some problems with the, the platform. Yeah, and it's, it's got to be it's got to be one or two people because yeah. uh, yes. none of the other shops that I've uh, talked with or yep. heard from are having any issues. Okay, okay. Well, and again, you know, they have nothing else to do. So for them to sit there all day... And just keep flagging things. Uh, that could be part yeah. of it. Well, fortunately, though, folks, again, it's Sean Francis Competition Shooting Supply, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. However, despite that, uh, from what I see, you have some very interesting things that have arrived in the shop. Uh, yes. Uh, so I did get, I want to say, I think the last time I posted was last week. Yep. Um, 
So I did finally get my hands on another Smith & Wesson 357 mag revolver, a Model 686. It's still here. So if someone's uh, interested in that, they're more than welcome to come on down and take a look at it. Um, I'm pretty well, we're pretty well stocked on, you know, as far as ammo, 22, 9 millimeter. I just got some more 45, uh, some more 40. We've got 223, 5.56. I've got 12 gauge target. We've got buckshot. We've got slugs for those that like that. Um, I got a really good selection of 9 millimeter, uh, you know, handguns. Uh, I've got a good selection of, 12 gauge uh, defense shotguns. Wow. So, yeah, I'm on in. That is fantastic. Now, John Francis, uh, you also put out a warning that you'd like people to maybe slow down right now on transactions. Is that anything we need to mention? Uh, yeah, no. We're uh, pretty much we're doing under doing an inventory right now. So, um, the less interruptions, the better. <laughs> okay. And John Francis, right now, is it safe to say, uh, right now, people should realize this is a good time as far as both inventory for firearms and also for ammo? It is. Um, and, well, you know, things are things are just been slowing down in the market. So it's allowing the manufacturers and the distributors to start catching up. Yes. And that's obviously a positive. Now, what about if there's someone listing... And they would like to be a little more liquid, and they have some firearms that either they don't use or maybe they inherited them. Maybe they decide, you know what, I have uh, some firearms that I wouldn't mind selling. Yeah, uh, uh, so if anybody has any guns, they're, you know, good-used guns they're like to sell or uh, perhaps uh, try on consignment, uh, assuming I have the room, um, come on in uh, maybe week after next. Um we should be. Hopefully, we'll be done with the inventory stuff by then, and um, and we'll see what we can do. Yep. But, John Francis, right now, for those that are listening, this is a good time. You have some some pretty good ammo and firearms in stock as yes. we speak. So We do. All right. Well, you're the defender of the faith. Keep up the good work. We'll continue to monitor what's going on at the State House as we're getting close to the end of the session here. That's when they try to sneak stuff in. So we're going to watch that. I would, I would. I would urge all your listeners to not uh, not slack off. No. Uh, keep contacting your local state senator and your state representatives and urge them to vote no on the, the various gun control bills that are being put forth. That is exactly right. Folks, he is John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies. John, great to talk to you. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again. Okay, John. Thank you. All right, folks, there is John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop in and see my gun guy. There he is, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. It's 144. And uh, again, folks, good afternoon right now on what is a very pleasant Friday afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to repeat, I just think that it's it's very interesting uh, right now. This Governor McKee story, I think it's one of those things that he needs to get out in front of that. Uh, the fact that he may not be seeking or running for election. You know, that's another thing. He has not been elected. Now, something else to watch, and I've talked about, is this Senate primary that's taking place on Tuesday in Pennsylvania. Boy, everyone, um, that Kathy Barnett is something else. And what an incredible story she has. 
And Laura Ingram had a guest on. Boy, Hannity is just all in with Dr. Oz, who's endorsed by President Trump. But listen to uh, Jack Brewer telling Laura Ingram he's fully on bar- board with uh, Kathy Barnett. This- disagree with this massive concern that's being raised that she cannot win a general election obviously the republicans can't lose this seat this is a seat they should win your contention is that despite all this stuff bubbling around that she can win this senate seat and go to washington and fight for america first principles is that where you're i'm telling you right You'll see historic black women voting for a Republican in Pennsylvania like you've never seen. You'll see people like me. I'm a former Philadelphia Eagle. I'll be on the ground campaigning for her. We will have a landslide victory because we will go in and get the minority vote like no other Republican has ever done uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. You know, that is, um, again, I am really anxious to see how this is going to come down. Because as I have played for you folks, that video... Of this Kathy Barnett, um, it, 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 it's really remarkable. And I, last night, I mean, Hannity, I, I, I don't remember I've ever seen that. He was absolutely going after her. I, I, I just, and I, I'm a little, I mean, there it is. I'm looking on Twitter right now. Kathy Barnett cannot win a general election. I'm just shocked that he's going that far with it so I, I i um i would think he would somehow step back and say you know we're just going to let this thing play out but he's really aggressive about it and now he's being attacked <laughs> i'm looking at some of these comments you know um I didn't realize Hannity's a globalist, and I, I, but I it was, it was really, um, I mean, there's Jenna Ellis, she put out Sean Hannity's doing another cheap hit segment against Kathy Barnett. Even other people, folks, this infighting is just, I I don't remember. I'm trying to think. I don't know. And now they're saying, I, I talked about last Friday night, President Trump went into Pennsylvania and did a did a rally on for Dr. Oz and people were booing Dr. Oz. I also want to um, remind people, one of the most important things, now they're going to wrap up. Let's just look at the calendar. Good afternoon. It's obviously Friday the 13th. Um, it's uh, it's Friday the third May thirteenth. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, one forty eight AM thirteen eighty nine nine point nine FM. So you have next week as a full normal week, right? Week of May sixteenth. Then the next week leads into Memorial Day weekend. So Friday May twenty seventh is actually a gubernatorial forum, and then Memorial Day is Monday May thirtieth. Now, so you have next week, the week after. Then they have a short week. And I think they're going to try to be out like within a month. So John Francis is right as far as we really have to watch what type of moves they may make up at the General Assembly. And I've been telling you, it, I am just so concerned about the voting. 
we are so out of step with voting. Um, and they, they seem to be winning the battle. And what I think is even worse is I don't see a big battle being fought. I don't see a big battle being fought by the um, Republican Party at Third Island State House. Regards to voting. I don't see it. I think it needs to be stronger. Now, folks, on this, what is turning into be a very pleasant, very pleasant uh, Friday afternoon, I want to uh, give a call to our friend Marie, who does such a great job. I want to just also remind you, there's nothing more important than your health. You know, your health is everything. Nothing else matters if you, if you don't have good health. And the person that can help you with that is our friend Marie at It's My Health. Oh, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You want to pop in and see Marie diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. And It's My Health was chosen to help people take charge or responsibility for their own health. So that's why it's, it's my health because it's your health. And not only do they have great classes, but they also have vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies. If you're someone, and no matter what age, you want to improve the quality of your life, stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Herbs, teas, spices, hemp and CBD products, natural skincare products, all different types of health classes. Um, none of it matters if you're not healthy. No matter how much money you have or where you live, whatever, it's all about quality of life can be dictated by health. And that's something that you can control, folks. And that's why Marie, who's so dedicated to it, uh, and I call her the queen of health, and it's my health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, that historic white church. Where, folks, you can stop in and see her diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. So I want to just uh, walk through some of the top headlines on this Friday afternoon. Uh, The McKee not running for governor. I think that's I think that's really interesting. Um, We'll see how they respond on that. But that's boy, that's Matt Brown throwing down. Um. I'm a little surprised that they pushed back on that as much as they did, because it's been my contention that we've never elected someone who's under the investigation of an FBI probe. You know, and for whatever reason, I I don't understand local media trying to downplay that. I know that Tim White, who I know and respect and like and uh, the guy just works so hard and puts out great work. But for him to say, hey, an investigation's an investigation. Well, eight years in office, Raimondo never had an FBI investigation. Um, I, 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 I don't know what to make of that. Governor Kachiri never had an FBI investigation. Even, you know, Governor Gump, Chafee didn't have one. Senate bill would create State Department of Housing. We don't need that. Those people need to find work. I'll tell you what they need. I'll tell you what they need. This whole thing with the housing. Number one, they need employment 
and they may need help with a drug problem. But we, we, we can't just, all right, in the wintertime, you have to offer me free housing. Um, in the summertime, you have to find me housing with air conditioning. When does it fall on the individual? Why do we have to pay for all that? I, I disagree with that. I strongly disagree with that. Former head of Mashapee Wampanoag tribe convicted of bribery and extortion. That's a shame. Um, Folks, again, I don't see the leadership at the state house, And I see a lot of pushback when people are trying to provide leadership. I do. I do. Juan does. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, it's brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Now, listen, it's a sunny Friday afternoon. Why not pop by? Did you have lunch yet? No? Well, Celtics are playing tonight. Tell your friends, let's watch the game at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Full bar, large dining area. The game will be on 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, located right off of Route 146. Delicious food, plus they have the outside deck. Stop in and see them at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I also want to encourage you to visit the website, depetro.com. We work very hard on it. Unique, original stories. Sometimes when you hear me mention a story that's on Facebook, we post it there as well. A lot of talk about that tip in Cranston that I just, I, I don't know what to make of people that you, you ask a question. Like, what does that look like to you? And with one person, they think it's an eight. Another person, it looks like a six. Another person, it looks like a dollar sign. I think that's healthy discussion. I think that's interesting. I think when someone posts the thing on Twitter, what color is this dress? Someone said, that dress is gray. Someone else said, no, it's not. It's blue. Someone else said, no, it's aqua. So the Cranston controversy on the tip, I, I just found it interesting. You know, what does that look like to you? One person said, oh, that looks like a dollar sign. Someone else put, well, no, that that looks like it's a 10 with a dollar sign. Someone else said, no, that's a six. Someone else said, I think it's an eight. What amazes me is these people who no one should be talking about this. There's far more important things to be talking about. (laughs) There are children starving in Africa. How dare you people discuss this story? No one is to talk about this. There's no more talk on this. I get messages from people and then they post things. No, there's no more talk. No. So then I'll respond. All right. Would if you'd be so kind, would you list the topics that we're allowed to to discuss? Well, I have free. Well, if you have freedom of speech, why are you shutting down other people talking about something? Number one. Number two. I get email. No one should be discussing the Johnny Depp trial. Nope. No one should be discussing it. Why? What do you care? No one's forcing you to discuss it. You know, I said, it's like someone walking through a grocery store and announcing what products that they're not going to buy. Do you do that? No. You you go into the store and you pick out the items that you are going to purchase and you ideally quietly put them in your cart and then you go off on your merry way. So no one should be, I love that the people, they post this. I don't know what to, no one should be talking about this. What do you, move on, enough. 
And then when I say, well, that's not an opinion. I have freedom of speech. If you have freedom of speech, freedom of speech is actually expressing an opinion. They think their opinion is that no one should talk about anything. You know, there are other people, there are people that are saying no one should be discussing the 2020 election. What would you say to those individuals? No one should be discussing the 2020 election. No one should be discussing voting. Why? Why, why can't we talk about voting? Our voting regulations and laws are a mess. There's a ton of loopholes. They're not enforced. There's no mechanism for them. Why can't? No. Dangerous. That's the Nelly Gorbea school and the progressives. It's dangerous to even discuss it. You, you have no idea how dangerous it is. What's, are you nuts? You don't discuss something. Voting. You don't discuss voting. That's dangerous to discuss that. It's not to be discussed. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show at 158 on this Friday is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. Let me ask you a question. How about a new driveway? Residential, commercial, seal coating patios, letter J, J. Perry Paving. Free estimate, any project. Give them a call, 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving. And remember... No one is better for veterans, two veterans, than J. Perry Paving. Give them a call today. Free quote. Why not? J, letter J, J. Perry Paving. You can also find them on Facebook. They do uh, exceptional work. And at least call them for a free quote, 401-732-1730. And find them on on, uh, online at letter J, J. Perry Paving. Folks, right now, coming up, you will hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. It's John DePietro. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our great friends, uh, both JR and Jeff, doing exceptional work. Folks, as always, visit the website, DePietro.com. I will be on Newsmax tomorrow. Enjoy this beautiful Friday. WNRI, Winsocket. WNRI.